Hey, help me welcome our online family real quick. Would you do that? God bless you guys. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm so proud of those guys and their teams and the dream team that works with them. And it matters and so grateful um, for all that we have. Um, a lot of you are not allowed uh, beyond the glass doors. And that's for security's sake and, uh, and for disruption's sake and so forth. But we have some incredible environments back there for all ages and uh, technology and everything else. And uh, how many believe it is important to keep our kids safe, okay? And there's a whole lot that goes into all of that and so much effort, resources, energy, time, prayer uh, poured into that because it really, really matters. And uh, so thank, thank you for your support in that. Well, again, we're talking about generations and um, God thinks and plans and works in terms of generations, all generations guess who else does the enemy the enemy thinks and plans and works in generations and and what the devil is out to do you did know there is a devil right I know that's gotten cartoonized and kind of poo-pooed because we're really smart now you need to understand no there is light and there is dark and there there is our our wonderful heavenly father and we have an ugly evil enemy as well okay and so the enemy his mo John 10 10 reveals he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Are you all with me? Yes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he can't always directly do those things. So his tool, his weapon is deception. Deception. And so he likes to deceive um, because then people cooperate when they're deceived in their, in their own destruction. It's happened to all of us. And, and so what we want to do is realize God's tool, God's weapon is truth. God's word is truth. And as we know, if you come to know the truth, the truth sets you free. Proverbs chapter four says that the path of the just, the path of the just grows ever brighter. Well, what does that mean? Who are the just? The just are not those that are just perfect. It's those that have just given their life to the Lord in their heart is I want to go after God. And as we follow after God, he lights up that path. The Bible tells us also that, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. What's that about? That's to help you to see where you're stepping, where you should step, where you should not step, when you should step, when you should not step. It helps us to see the path that we're on. That next verse in Proverbs 4 says this, that the path of the wicked, everybody say wicked, the path of the wicked grows darker and darker. Now let's go back. Who are, the, who are the wicked? The wicked, if you go to actually the root of that word wicked, it starts out okay and then it gets twisted like a candle wick or wicker furniture. And that's part of the tool of deception because there could be truth down in it, but it got twisted. And that is leveraged so much in our culture uh, today beyond belief. You'll just see it. You see that everywhere. But the path or the way of the wicked gets darker. And then it says this, and they can't see what they're stumbling over. And so I, that's my concern for all generations, that if we don't have the light of God's truth and God's word, then the devil's able to use his weapon of deception. But God's, God's weapon, God's tool is light and truth that will light our path and then we can see. And I'm gonna tell you something. First Corinthians tells us, that once you give yourself to the Lord, when you come to the Lord, it's like a veil is taken away 
And once you believe, now you're able to see. It's like, aha, things make sense. And now you have the Holy Spirit in you, with you, helping you to be able to see. Now, go with me to Psalm 100, verse 5. Are y'all here? All right, got to make sure here. Psalm 100, verse 5, it says, For the Lord is, he's good, and his, his mercy is everlasting, and help me with this part, and his truth endures to who? His truth endures where? All generations. Psalm 33, verse 11, the counsel, this is the advice, the insight of the Lord stands forever. The plans, the thoughts, the strategies of his heart to, come on again, all generations, all generations. God's intention, and you need to know this, all generations, any generation, if you're older, if you're younger, you know, if you're a builder elder or you're gen, generation alpha, you know, wherever you would be in between there, you need to know that the way is God's way. And it's not a hard, mean way. It is the right way. It will light your path, and, and, and it's what will get you where God intends for you to go. Now, every generation has different mindsets. Uh, different historical events have happened along the way to shape uh, generations. We've been raised differently. We have different approaches, unique concerns. Our relationship with technology differs. Uh, for example, telephones. Bring that up, if you will. I promise you it's coming. There it is. And this doesn't even tell the whole story. You know, that left out the flip phone. If you all have one, just don't act like it, okay? All right. And then how many iterations of phones since that last one? I have an iPhone 12. And, and what's the latest? 15. Did you know that already, just laid up waiting for you, is 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. So in the next year or so, they're going to start uh, letting you know you really need the 16. And they have technology that they could give us all now. They could give it all now, but they're holding it back. And uh, so I'll be further and further behind. And some of you will be further and further in debt. Okay. But, so a new one will come out, and I promise you it's going to be a little bigger, a little smaller shape, just the dimensions a little bit different, because then you've got to get a new case. And if you think about it, for what we pay for this, I should not need a case. should come with it. It should do everything. should be able to shave with, I, I mean. And then it's probably going to need a different charger. And do you know why they do all this? Because they love you. They care about you. They love your money. Love your money. But things change. You know, if we were to go back, you know, my, I'm thinking of my grandmothers. My grandmother in Ohio. My grandmother that was from Ohio and, and um, uh, you know, that I grew up around. I mean, neither one of them ever drove. Neither one of them ever drove. And they cooked. They made their own bread. They did all, I loved being at grandma's house. We're talking about some good food. And I'm, the changes that happened during their lifetime, unbelievable. But now it's on steroids. It is turbo. That in my lifetime, the rate of change. 
And that impacts generations where our two youngest generations are considered to be digital natives in that they were born into a time of social media and technology. If you're having a problem with your phone or your computer, find a nine-year-old, you know, and, and because it's just second, second nature uh, to them. Now, we use labels, you know, I, there are many different labels used. I've chosen to use these for our study. You have the builders, that's your age 78 and older. Then you have boomers, Gen X, millennials or Gen Y, and Gen Z, and then Gen Alpha. And you have labels that we use and descriptions that we use to try to generalize, to try to help us to understand different generations. And I think we run into a problem, though, because whenever you try to categorize people, you're, it, it's going to be skewed, okay? I think it's unfair. I think it's unwise. It could be even detrimental because then you create stereotypes. And so I'm a, technically a boomer, but I look around at a lot of boomers and they're like, I don't want to be a boomer. I'm not like them, you know, and you have to stay kind of age appropriate on a lot of on a lot of things, you know, you, you should kind of dress your age, but don't give up. Okay. Um, but we have, you know, statistics that talk about different generations that you would probably throw that off and say, no, that's not me. I don't want to be that. And so I think sometimes we run into that when we try to categorize people. So there are many differences with generations. But just while there are many differences, guess what? There are some real commonalities that we have as well. And I want to shoot right to the foundation of all. First of all, we all have the same God. Now, we we're told in our world and in culture and academia and everywhere else that there's no God or, there, or that he died or there's a bunch of gods or... Or, or God's distant and he doesn't care. And that would be the toolbox of the enemy to deceive. And so God, we have the same God who created us. And the same God that ultimately we come from, we are to live for, and then we go to. And so we all have the same God. Guess what else we have? We all, all generations, we have the same enemy. And, and you need to know this, seriously. And as I said, it's been cartoonized and, and uh, rationalized away and all of that. But we really do have an, have an enemy. We have the same. And guess what else we have in common? The same eternal destination options. After life, there's heaven or there's hell. And that, too, has been tried to be rationalized away. What is that? That is that twisting to deceive. We're always going to find our truth in God, the God who created us. And can I tell you something? Shoot to the final scene and everyone will see. Shoot to the final scene and you'll see, yes, there's one God. We sang and worshiped him and sang about him this morning. That's the one that we pray to. That's the one that we're trusting for everything. That's the one we came from. That's the one we should live for. That's the one that we will go to. Can I get an amen from the church today? Now, the reality is, God, who created us, who loves us, uh, who has a plan for our life, he extends his goodness, his mercy, and his truth to all generations. We just read those verses in Psalm 100, Psalm 33. 
He extends his goodness. Everybody say goodness. Did you know that God is good? All right, let's stop on that just for a moment. You've got to know that God is good. The enemy wants you to first think there is no God or he's not good. He's actually mad at you. Now, I heard a comedian on the radio the other day, and this works. You could apply this to any denomination, okay? So, so don't anybody get their feelings hurt. It's, this could work for Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, whatever denomination. But this comedian said this. He said, I was, I was born Baptist, and I grew up guilty. Do you get it? And see, sometimes religion is, uh, you've blown it, you can't get anything right, and boy, is God mad at you. And so then that forfeits in us the goodness of God. And it's actually when we see the goodness of God. Has he been good to you? When we realize the, oh my, the goodness of God, the Bible says that turns you to him. And what the enemy wants you to do is think he's not good so you turn away from him. Because well, if I'm already in trouble and I can't keep his standard and he's mad at me, I'll go this way anyway. And so we got to realize God is good. And he's extended his goodness to all generations. He's also extended his mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. What is his mercy? His mercy is I cannot understand it. I cannot explain it. But I do, I do not deserve anything. And God is so good to me. I've earned nothing. I couldn't earn anything. And God has been so good to me. That's his mercy. And what about his mercy? It's new every morning. Every morning. Great is his mercy. It's never going to run out on us. So he extends his goodness, his mercy, and his truth. It goes to all generations. The truth of his word. So by virtue of his word of truth and the spirit of truth, God will guide us into all truth. Out of all of that, he shows us, all of us, all generations. Everybody say all generations. He shows us the way to live. He shows us the best path. And see, what, I, what, what we can't allow to happen on our charge is that those of us that have walked with God and watched God do great and mighty things, and we didn't earn it, we didn't do it perfect, but it, he helped us. I know God is real. I'm, I'm never going to stop following God. I've not done that perfect, but I will never give up on God. I need God. I love God. I, I am nothing without him. Amen. Amen. But we can't let another generation not know that. They've got to know that what God put here, this is not some outdated, ancient, my great-great-grandma's book. These are timeless truths, forever settled in heaven. These are God's living words. He's showing us, like I said, this is the way to, to live. This is where to step. This is the path to walk. Now, you don't just live your life taking a Bible and doing that. You got to get it inside of you. Understand that. But see, what we've got to do is know that God would give us the path of life, the way to live. It is the best way to live, get this, for all generations. And what we don't want is for that to get watered down, polluted, diverted, changed, poisoned, anything else, so that the next generation said, that's an old-timey way to live. I'm telling you that the wisdom of God, the principles of principles of God, even the commands of God, that is the best way to live. Amen. Can I tell you something else? That's also the best way to die, is following God. The Apostle Paul, have y'all heard of him? I don't know his last name. 
But he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was anointed by God. He was um, extremely educated. He had experienced much. Totally sold out against Christianity and God. And then had an encounter with Jesus. You can read about it in the Bible. And God anointed him and called him and gave him revelation. And he wrote approximately two-thirds of the New Testament. You should be in that every day. Because those are the instructions given to us as New Testament believers who have the Holy Spirit in our life. This is how to live. This is what to do. And so you should spend a portion of your time every day, you know, just, just reading portions of that so that you can get that for you. The Apostle Paul, who wrote all of that, who had such revelation, unbelievable revelation from God. That is that God showed him something you can't find on your own. God revealed that and said, now write it and get that out to us. And so um, that's inspired, holy inspired word of God for us through the Apostle Paul. Does anybody know what the Apostle Paul's biggest concern was? The thing that he was most concerned about as he wrote? Let me go ahead and tell you. Sound doctrine. If you could, you know, kind of scan and see the temperature of what he wrote. In the, in the New Testament Greek language, the emphasis, the heat, so to speak, of what he was most concerned about was sound doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is what we teach and what we believe that informs how we live. And he was so concerned about that. So take this all the way back to where we started today. And that is this, the enemy's tool is to deceive. God's tool is truth that would light up our path. And that truth endures to? Oh, that was really, really weak. His truth endures. No, no, His truth endures? All generations. All generations. And he wants that for all of us. Oh, I got I to gotta hurry here. So God shows us that is the path of life. And sound doctrine is vital for us. So everybody should have a Bible. And there are, we're in a wonderful day where you can buy Bibles for your little girl or your rough and tumble teenage preteen son or whatever it would be. I mean, there's, there's camo Bibles. There's waterproof Bibles. There's all kinds of things. That, there's devotions for every age. And then you version. Everybody say you version. Uversion is an app for your phone that you can get. You can get it on your tablets or your computer, too. It's free. Um, there are hundreds of millions of people using Uversion. And Uversion has reading plans. I looked this morning just to verify again. There are reading plans for little girls and for old people and parents of teens and teenagers. And it's reading plans and devotions and all of that. We are without excuse. And I love that we have something that is not, I, now I prefer, especially in my morning time and study time, I'll, I like leather and paper. I, I just like spreading that out. Um, and, and maybe that's my generation. But there are a lot of generations that are, like I said, you're digital natives. You grew up with a screen. As a matter of fact, there are concerns, especially about Gen Z, and it's not a criticism, it just would be something to be aware of, that Gen Z are, uh, have a real hard time looking people in the face and looking in the eye. 
because they've so trained themselves to look at a screen and the screen hits them in a whole different way. And so they have some difficulty doing that. And I'm so thankful that we have something on the screen that we can, we can come through that window and be able to speak to people and, and, and uh, you know, to be able to use them those way. But you, let's don't look down on younger generations for their phone. Let's be careful with it. But the other day, I'm in, I'm in traffic. I'm traveling. This car came up, I mean, almost right on me. Then it went around me and got a little bit ahead of me. And then it slowed way down. And I thought, okay, this red light up here, I want to see who this is. <laughs> and my thoughts were, they're either really, really old or they're on their phone. So when I got up to the light, they're next to me. And guess what? They were both. <laughs> Okay, they were both. All right. You got a couple more minutes in you? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The J.B. Phillips translation says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Ephesians 2.2 in the message paraphrase says, you let the world which doesn't know the first thing about living try to tell you how to live. So as we live and worship side by side with generations, we have to be aware that church is a unique context. Church needs to, it, church is vital. Church needs to be a central part of your life. You know, as Pastor Juan talked about, it needs to become a priority. I shared with you last week, parents who treat church as optional should not be surprised when their children treat Jesus as unnecessary. You know, church needs to be a central thing. And this is one of the only settings that you're going to have that full interaction of generations. And I want to challenge our generations to honor one another and to care for one another and get to know one another. Division is of the devil. The devil wants to break off the flow of wisdom and life and experience and cut them off from energy and ideas and so forth. And we need each other. And this is the plan of God, age to age, generation to generation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care. Everybody say care. Have the same care for one another. And it's in a context of generations. Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection. That's, that's family love. Outdo one another in showing honor. What is, what is care? What is honor? It's what we're to show one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. Honor means this, I count you as precious. I count you as valuable, which means this, I certainly could turn and look at you. I certainly could smile at you. I certainly could acknowledge you. And we need to do that. And what is care? Care means that you're mindful of something. You're trying to help. If something is in your care, you should check on it now and then too. And I want to challenge us as a church family. We are multicultural. We are multi-generational. And we need to care for one another. We need to honor one another. We need to love one another. I want to invite you as you even leave today, smile at some people that don't look just like you. Maybe greet them. Maybe meet them. Maybe take them to eat. <laughs> and maybe hug some people I, I look for the you know what it is it's a snapshot of heaven 
And in heaven, it's not going to be, well, they're older, they're younger, they're darker, they're lighter, they're whatever else. You know, it's like we are family. All right. I got to finish. Don't encourage me. Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, church is vital, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing, which indicates this, that we're to be bearing fruit our whole life. And you never should stop bearing fruit. Now, when you go to the grocery store, what department do you find fruit? Come on, I heard it. Produce. Let's accent it just a little different. Produce. Now, in the store, it's produce. But when we bear fruit, we produce. We produ what do we produce? You, uniquely gifted, experienced, talented. You, full of God, living for him to glorify him. You bear fruit. You do what you do for God in a way that helps other people, and you bear fruit. How long do you do this? Even into old age. The rest of your life, find a way to produce fruit. Jesus said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And apart from me, you're not going to bear any fruit. But in me, remain in me. I'm in you, you and me, you'll bear much fruit. And then he said this, by this is my Father glorified. How many of you want to glorify the Father? By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Here's the thing. We've got to remain in him, to stay in him. I just want to close with this. You need to have God central in your life. Hear me, all generations. God central in your life. That doesn't mean that you've been perfect or you're expected to do all this perfect. You need to God, get God central. And watch this. When God is central in your life, then when you mess up or you wander, you know where to go back to. And when God is central in your life, I'm telling you what, you're going to be more familiar with how the Holy Spirit would convict you and draw you back and help you. And I'm telling you what, when we put God central, we're going to care, we're going to honor, we're going to be fruitful all the way around from generation to generation to generation. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen.